here we go. All right, sorry you guys. Hang on a second. I thought I had the uh, this uh, video sorted out, and now it is not cooperating. Hang on one second, you guys. Uh, all right, hang on one second. Let's see if I can get this uh, sorted out. First, we had the audio issue. And then uh, and apparently nobody can see our Zoom screen here. Of course, right as we go live. Not sure what's going on with that. Hang on. There we go. Let's try it again. There we go. All right. And, oh. All right. So there we go. <laughs> We're just going to leave it there for the entire night. We've got our cast uh, on screen there. And uh, now that we can see Dalton's face, uh, we'll go around the clock. Uh, again, yours truly, Johnny Torres. Thank you so much for watching. Uh, Dalton Grados down in the bottom right-hand corner. Uh, over yes, across uh, from him, we've got, as always, Anibal David Cabrera uh, joining us. And Mr. Joe Wicker there in the top left. Uh, guys, thank you so much for watching. Uh, again, I don't want to cover up uh, Dalton's face with tonight's topic. Uh, but I'm going to have to do it just really quick as uh, GameStop, again, the big news, I would say, uh, it was maybe just starting to happen uh, over the last uh, week, I would say. The, um, you know, while the show was going on, it was still a very, like, underground thing. Nobody really knew what that was all about. Uh, but now it's blown into an international story. Uh, I mean... I was listening to Wolf of Wall Street, Jordan Belfort, in an interview, and he goes, yeah. "He goes, you know, it's bad when Grandma wants to buy GameStop stock." Uh, yeah. And so, um, you know, crazy enough, I've actually been on Robinhood. I think for at least a couple of years now. I love the app; uh, very easy to use. Obviously, no trading fees, and they've actually forced the market almost into that corner. Um, you know, because even my TD Ameritrade account. Um, which I may be revealing too much here, but I used to have to pay trading fees to buy and sell stock with them. Now that's no longer the case. Um, and so, uh, again, that's one of the reasons we, of course, brought Dalton on to here. I didn't jump on the GameStop bandwagon, but funny enough, like I'd say a week and a half, maybe two weeks before all this started, I actually got into the BlackBerry stock because uh, they actually got a huge contract over in China. They're developing um software for vehicles you know they're developing a lot of ai software for cars um and so you know i thought that was very promising and it turns out blackberry was among these stocks that wall street bets on reddit was a big fan of so don why don't you give us kind of your perspective a little background on what's happening with gamestop uh yeah where to start yeah. so obviously this is blowing up and to uh you know being all over the the major news outlets and uh you know everyone and their cousin now is is getting into stocks and uh even starting to learn about investing and starting accounts so it's it's really cool in that regard getting more people uh sort of involved with investing just you know in some way or another um the GameStop thing so do we where should we start? Should I do? Do we all kind of well, know get, yeah, let's what to took place? Or let's get to the root of it. Why? Why did this? Why did this start? Why? What? Why did this Reddit group decide to pick A GameStop? B What are? The, what was their goal in in doing this? So I think, uh, and we were we were talking earlier before we went live about uh, the interview with uh, uh, hedge fund manager Chamath uh, 
P, well, I don't know how to pronounce the last name, Chamath P, uh, was talking about the Wall Street Bets uh, Reddit board, yeah. and he was talking about scrolling through it and that, you know, a lot of the stuff, like, the, these people are not uneducated. I mean, when you scroll through it, some of it is actually pretty hilarious, and right. they do call themselves uh, de- degenerates. But you can scroll through there, and there's millions of people. I think there's like over 7 million people now on this Reddit board. Um, and you can find some pretty sophisticated uh, analysis that you would find at any other hedge fund. And um, so I think early on, you know, obviously we're past it now. If, if you're just hearing about it, if it's in the news, it's too late, right? right. So, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, the, the ship has sailed with, uh, at least in my opinion, with, with getting in GameStop or AMC or anything uh, right now. But I think people in, in the early days of it uh, leading up to now um, really did some fundamental analysis and figured out this sort of um, once-in-a-lifetime setup with like 138%, 136% uh, short float. So basically more hedge funds, they were shorting more shares than actually existed. So then wow. with enough people behind it, million, the millions of people on the Reddit board, they've kind of figured out that if they could buy it and raise the price to drive the, the big money out of their positions because they're short selling it, then to get out of those positions, they have to then buy it back. So then you've got the big money coming in, buying it up, and that's when it really rockets um, as they're exiting their positions. So, uh, and that's exactly what happened. So these people were smart. Uh, they figured it out, and then of course, um, as it started happening, then more it started getting more attention, and more people started buying in, and it just, you know, escalated from there. And then we had what happened on Thursday, which was um, what some people are saying was Robinhood taking out their clients and being more focused on their individual um, desire. And now there was a release of a 14-minute audio of Mike Zuckerberg, and not Mike Zuckerberg, um, yeah, Zuckerberg. Elon Musk. Elon Musk. Elon Musk and the CEO of Robinhood, and straight up asked him, "Look, are you, were, did you do this to screw over your your clients, or were mm-hmm. you forced to do it?" And he, people were upset because they really thought that he did it just to screw over his clients. But with more explanation, he's been making the point that it was done because of regulators, um, making sure that they had liquidity to, to be able to um, field all the, the cost of the, the positions that were being made. Yeah, that's the thing. There's always two sides of it. So, you know, on one end, you're like, wow, we're not able to trade anymore. What is this? Like, we don't have a free market, you know, and they're all run by the big money. The big money gets what they want. On the other hand, you know, there are some legitimate claims on the other side of like, we, there's so much trading volume. We've never seen this before. And we need a certain amount of liquidity in order to clear these orders. And so we have to halting the, there's kind of a unique thing that happened here though, because stocks get halted all the, all time, the time where it's just where the trading just stops altogether. And usually it'll stop for maybe like 15 minutes, half hour, an hour during the trading day if it's really rallying. And then it will start up again. Um, and it's just like the market makers are, are sort of pressing pause, if you will, um, to keep up with the volatility. What happened uh, was with these brokers is that 
they were at first like canceling the ability to buy it, but you could only sell it. And then, and then of course the big money could still buy and sell as they please, which is like purely market manipulation. So <laughs> we have to be very careful when we say market manipulation because the way they guaranteed to uh, the clearinghouse for Robinhood required them a to submit $3 billion before they would allow them to start trading on Thursday morning. And that's what caused this whole bigger problem that Robinhood had to negotiate that number down and said that we would restrict um, the purchasing of more of those stocks down to one stock per person, which of course no one's ever going to do. Hmm. They, they want to purchase more than that. And so yes, uh, Robinhood manipulated the ability to purchase but you could sell all you wanted to so that's where they're going to start seeing a lot more class action lawsuits yeah but but dalton you said you said that certain people you said that some people couldn't purchase stock and right. others could how is that is that true so reportedly it was basically the retail traders were restricted but the the hedge funds and big you know from corporate institutional traders uh, weren't necessarily restricted, um, and that also comes. I was watching an interview actually with um, Tom Sosnoff, who is the CEO of uh, of Tasty Trade, which is a, another broker, and he was also talking about hiccups with Robinhood in particular um, as a broker. They're kind of they're kind of one of those companies like they're a broker. You can buy and sell stocks with them just as well as you can with any other broker, except if you're in the investment space, you kind of view Robinhood as like not a real broker. <laughs> you know, they're still kind of like getting their, their, they're still kind of, I guess you could say, trying to keep up uh, as uh, with the fundamentals of their company themselves. And they switched from being a, a, a outsourcing their clearing to being a self-clearing firm. And that comes with its own you know, set of responsibilities. And so anyway, the CEO uh, of Tasty Trade, a competitor, was basically saying, you know, these are some hiccups that can come along the way of growing a firm as as quickly as they have and also becoming self-clearing. Uh, there's a lot of aspects to, to that that they might not be experts in yet. But isn't the issue that once you stop a stock from being allowed to be purchased, by definition, if nobody else can buy a stock and you hold the stock, then the price has nowhere to go but down. It can't go up because nobody, yeah. there's no one for you to, there's 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 no one for you to sell your stock to. Yeah. And and no one is trying to buy. So if you are holding the stock and everybody that was holding the stock at that point is guaranteed to watch their stock go down. Now if something's not I mean, I, how is that legal? That that you can just say, okay, we're not going to let anybody buy, but you can sell. Now, it wasn't it wasn't stop buying and stop selling. It was nobody can buy, but you're allowed to sell. Well, well I'm sorry, what? How does that work? So, right. other yeah. organizations and trading um, platforms were allowed to continue to purchase. So we have to see this as a platform by platform. TD America, uh, Schwab, all these. Everyone has different platforms that you're able to purchase um, stocks from. In regards to Robinhood, they negotiated a reduced um, capital uh, necessary to function the following day. 
and that's where they got in trouble, where people were upset that they had to pick their business model over their clients. Hector's saying um, on the page here, Hector's saying that, that he was hearing that basically um, Robin Hood treats its uh, customers like Facebook treats, treats theirs, which is that um, what's for sale is actually the customer and the customer's data. Is there any truth to that? Does anybody know? People sell customer data all over. Facebook is doing. But does Rob? I okay. wouldn't be surprised does, if Robinhood but, does it also. Okay, They're but does Robinhood sell that? But does Robinhood sell any particular information that wouldn't already be public that could potentially be beneficial to a very large, savvy uh, brokerage firm? Well, again, it could it could be something as simple as what type of stocks are they buying, you know, and what you know what what are their interests, what industries. But are that's technically already in. public, I think, right? You know. Unless it's just a matter of the speed at which that information gets out. Like if Robinhood is clearing a certain number of shares of a certain stock, are they giving that information somehow in advance? Like, I, yeah, I haven't heard about information. Um, I know that. Robinhood has always kind of been in and out of the news. Like I was saying, they're they're a broker, but they're kind of known as like not a like a real broker, you could say. Uh, but they've had issues, and um, I know that kind of one of the the sketchier things is how they really make money because they don't charge commissions. Um, and Which is so, what got people going down this line of logic. Yeah, they, so they they're like shaving yeah. fractions of pennies off of every order, and you don't get filled at the best price, and all of these things. Um, so yeah, they. Well, it's either true or it's not. A lot I mean, of kinks. well, it's either true or it's not. I mean, yeah, but, 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 I mean, but this is a broker challenge. Good... Wouldn't the SEC be all over that? I mean, they got to know how they make money. And they have been required to submit that documentation to the SEC. The SEC. I mean, uh, let's be honest. They're not going to be in the clear on this. I mean, there, there's going to be fallout. There's going to be a lot of fallout from this. What exactly in what way? We don't know yet. Um, but there's going to be investigations up and down this this particular incident. Um, and uh, but I think you know to your point about the way uh, that uh, Robinhood treating its customers like Facebook that sort of thing. Uh, you know what fascinated me too was uh, the pulling back of the curtain on Robinhood and all of this, right? Uh, because myself, probably like most of the people on Robinhood who just got on there, maybe just for you know just for fun, just for a little bit of extra, you know, uh, yeah. spending cash. Um, didn't really know, you know, how uh, Robinhood was structured and, and really kind of what, you know, you know, who was pulling the strings on Robinhood. And, and one of the fascinating things was to obviously come to find out that there's a large hedge fund that has funded Robinhood, you know, that was also invested in GameStop. And, and, and so, again, I don't think Robinhood is in the clear on this by any means. Um, do they get out of it? Probably. Unscathed? No. I mean, I think there's going to be fallout from this. So, Dalton, there's mm -hmm. all these people that own Robinhood at a, at, a, um, at a price above $20, you know. Um, I mean, are all those people that own stock at 300-something, at they own shares at 300-something dollars. Are, is it basically all mm -hmm. these people getting ready to get screwed? I mean, this thing's going nowhere but down, right? Oh, you're talking about people that own. I'm the sorry, GameStop. not Robinhood. That that own GameStop. Yeah. All these Robinhood customers 
that own all these shares of, of GameStop. I mean, they, they own it at like 300, 200, yeah. 100. So, all these people are losing their money. Yeah, so hopefully, yeah, that's the thing. So when, you, when it comes to the stock market, you are risking money. And uh, plenty of people made a lot of money. Uh, I myself, as a, as a trader, did not participate um, because, um, you know, I recognized that this situation was, it got to a, a, the point where it was basically gambling. Uh, <laughs> uh, I mean, it, there was no logic or anything behind it. Um, so, yeah, so to answer your question, you know, unfortunately, you could say the, on the, the good side, fortunately, this being all over the news is introducing the marketplace to a lot of people and getting a lot of people interested in investing. The downside to that is there is going to be a lot of people that invested in this too late after they heard the news and uh, they don't have no idea what they're doing. God forbid they're doing it with too much or more money than they really should be using. And uh, those are the ones that are going to get hurt. You know, at the end of the day, all I can think about is that at the end of the day, GameStop is a brick and mortar retailer that buys, sells, trades video games that are no longer made physically because they're now all downloaded in a COVID environment. Yeah. So, I, I, I mean, I, I totally understand why somebody would be shorting, you know, something like GameStop um, and expecting it to but, go to zero. But it was abusive. No it was abusive. Those large hedge funds were having such an inappropriate uh, position, short position, that you what what was the stock price before this started? Wasn't it like twelve bucks or something? No, it was like three, three or four dollars. Yeah. So it was very so, low. So, so if yeah. you okay, Dalton. So real quick to wrap up the topic. Um, um, yeah. So uh, these guys, you know, from Wall Street bets, all these redditors and people who got in early. Let's say they bought somewhere between you know the four and ten dollar range, and now it's at you know north of two, three hundred dollars. Okay, like if they cash out now, I mean, they're going to make their money, right? Oh, yeah, if they were lucky enough to get in uh, that early. And, yeah, I mean, there are stories. So the, the wholesome part of this, uh, like I said, there's good and bad on both to be said. But uh, the, the good is that you can go on, on Wall Street Bets on Reddit and read through some of the uh, uh, sort of success stories or testimonials. Uh, and it's And it's really inspiring because these are – you know, real people that are saying, hey, uh, you know, I got in, I got out, I made a, a lot of profit, I was able to pay off my student loans. Hey, I was able to pay for my mom's medical bills. Um, and, you know, hey, I was in a really tough situation and now I have, you know, six months of my expenses uh, now that I can have in savings. And so that's what's really cool to see. Yeah, apparently there was uh, some it, like nine-year-old who made a killing, you know, because his mom bought him GameStop stock, you know, for his birthday. Um, and then we also heard that even Mark Cuban's son, who I think is only about 10 or 12 years old, also made some money, <laughs> you know, on this deal. It, yeah. was a, it, it was a great investment if you could do it in the proper timing. What yeah, you had a timing. What needs to happen now is who is going to hold the line and have that stock stay as high as it can. Because if they allow it to drop, then the shorts are going to be able to pay out and they're going to pay out massively. So this is a very strategic game that is happening at the moment, and we're going to see how this is going to play out. Um, Robinhood, for all the 
crap that they got for what is happening, over 600,000 new accounts were opened on Friday. Even with all the oh, crap wow. happening wow. on Thursday. Now, so, now the downside uh, to what he just said, though, is... And this is, again, going back to the topic we were on last week about big tech censorship, um, is that apparently um, in the Google uh, App Store, and I wouldn't be surprised if Apple follows suit, um, they went in and deleted thousands or hundreds of negative reviews of the Robinhood app since the fallout right. and all of this. Um, and, 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 and I wouldn't right. doubt that Google is somehow financially involved with Robinhood. Yeah, there's going to be a set of hearings. I do agree with you, uh, Laura. There's going to be some kind of collusion that is happening, maybe with uh, uh, Citadel. There's uh, leaks that the new Treasury Department ha um, got paid $800,000 from Citadel, which is a phenomenal name for a hedge fund. <laughs> so, so, Dalton, yeah. I, I, guess, I guess my last question about this is, you know, every... Every so often, something happens, you know, from a stock market perspective, right? Whether it's a, a bubble, um, you know, and there's people that make money. There's a lot of people that lose money. And it, it often brings me back to the idea that, you know, isn't, isn't it circumstances like this that just prove that there is no quick way it all comes down to the basic principles of diversification, dollar cost averaging, investing for the long haul, and assessing your risks, changing them as time goes on, and just and, and not trying to jump on the, these bandwagons. I mean, I guess if you don't jump on one, you can't win, but you also can't lose either. And I'm just reminded yeah. of what uh, of what I think it was Warren Buffett that that said because I know everybody wants to quote him right but after the dot-com bust he got I guess he wasn't heavily invested in a lot of that and when they asked him why he said because I just I didn't understand how they made money hmm. yeah and I, and, and I just and he said I just I, I, I don't invest in something I don't understand and I, yeah. I, I well, just couldn't understand how they made and money. Joe, you're, you're really hitting on the principle at least for myself you know who again I have some play money on there you know nothing serious um, uh, and uh, despite that, you know, uh, they're doing my my investments have done pretty well. But um, I don't buy anything that I don't know or that I don't understand or that I, you know, that I don't see. And that was part of the reason why I was able to get Facebook stock early because I understood Facebook. I come from digital marketing and advertising, and so not only did I wait for the crash, right, because you knew all those people were going to get in early on the IPO. But then, you know, it was obviously going to climb back. You knew it was going to climb back. And so I got in not as early as I would have liked and certainly not as much as I would have liked. But I got in at like 25 bucks a share, you know, that, again, has done pretty well, you know, years yeah. later. And so... So, Dalton, is this just... Yeah. So, Dalton, is this, is this just proof that, you know... I mean, there is yeah. no trick. There is no... Yeah, so it's kind of two different worlds. You have this Reddit internet world who admittedly calls themselves uh, degenerates and uh, that's really more of, of like the game gambling you hear this term meme stock that's what's happening here it's, it's literally just a meme uh, like the there's no stocks? rhyme or reason no fundamentals and it's kind of like literally yeah like gambling it's called Wall Street bets right, right. Um, but yeah anything fundamental um, like especially long term I'm subscribed to a service uh, called the Motley Fool 
and they do just that. They analyze the, the pure fundamentals of the company. They interview the CEOs. You know, they go, I mean, they go deep, and they recommend you know companies that are good to buy and hold for, and they have like a whole report as to you know why this is a good long term. You're you're truly investing in the business. That's right. what a, buying stock is. You're investing in the business and the growth of it. So now we just see how the market is going to to move forward from today. Uh, now that we've had one full day of market of activity, seeing the volatility and knowing that we no longer have traditional uh, investors in the market. We now have retail investors. They have shown that they are willing to organize and put their money behind what they're saying and to see what those ramifications are because the market is also building fundamentals and money for pensions, for retirement for teachers unions, for uh, firefighters and everything else. So yes, we can play around the margins, but there's also a long-term conversation that needs to be had. Because remember, some people lost about, well, some organizations collectively will set $70 billion on Friday. It's a lot of money. Mm -hmm. So Laura, Laura asked, "How much much how much money do you think Elizabeth Warren lost?" Yeah, <laughs> it's not her; it's her husband. Her husband has. Well, you know, because you know she's in the market. Her, you know, her husband has money in the market. All right. So, well, thank you on. again to everybody for watching the Yard Sign, the most important relevant podcast. Looking a little different today. We're just uh, going through some changes, but we'll have it figured out all soon enough. And uh, we appreciate the guys for jumping on here remotely. Um, you know, a lot going on uh, today, but of course, GameStop being the biggest news, I would say on an international level. It certainly even made international uh, headlines. Uh, also, let's go ahead and jump into uh, our second favorite topic uh, lately, which has been the Biden administration. Uh, and, uh, I mean, the guy is quite literally just sitting at the Oval Office, just signing executive orders, and, uh, and doesn't seem to stop. I think he's already north of uh, 40, or close to 40. And, um, wow. And, and, and so, uh, you know, again, the guy who, during the campaign, mind you, he's pretty much turned his back on, he's pretty much done a complete nine, uh, 180 on everything he campaigned on. Um, because, yeah, yeah. you know, he, he was criticizing Trump about executive orders. He was saying that he wasn't going to ban fracking. He's going to ban fracking. Um, he said he had a plan for the coronavirus vaccine. Doesn't have a plan for the coronavirus vaccine. So, guys, again, the, the executive orders are getting out of hand. And obviously, we don't have a lot of uh, leverage here in Congress right now. So so what, what, what do you think is going to be the long-term fallout from this? I mean, do you think this is... This gives the Republicans a better chance in midterms, or uh, or are people totally cool with this and just burned I, out. I thought that in recent times, not not in years past, um, but I thought in recent presidencies, executive orders were a sign of the inability for the president to get their um, policies through Congress, and so they would try to do these things that they could do within the executive branch, right? And I mean, the Democrats—they it's fifty-fifty in the Senate. Like, why can't? Why does Biden actually need to do any of these executive orders? Some of them, if it only addresses the executive branch, I, I understand. But like, why does he? Which that's technically all they are anyway. But I mean, why does he need to do all those things if he can? If he's got the House, he's got fifty-fifty with Kamala, the tiebreaker in the Senate. Can they not just do legislation? Well, the, well, part of that, I think, is uh, because there is this window 
I guess, that they have. They have like a 60-day window where they can pause any policies that have not gone into effect from the previous administration. And so I think that's part of the reason behind this motivation. And he knows that in 60 days, Congress isn't going to get anything done unless it's another impeachment. Um, you know, that... It's going to go nowhere. Right. And so, I, I mean, that, that I think, is, is why. I, I'm, I'm speculating, but, uh, I mean, again, that, that's the only reason I could understand as to why, you know, he seems to be so determined to sign executive orders on just about every, you know, issue that Democrats uh, uh, have been pushing for. And again, we know with the executive orders, it can get flipped in the next four years with the new administration. Right. And you're having lawsuits already come up when it comes to the Keystone. You have Texas pushing back on immigration, and that's going Enable, to Enable, are courts. you muted? You're muted on my screen, just heads up. Oh, yeah, but you can hear him, right? <laughs> yeah, I do. So. Oh, okay. Yeah. Thank you for messing with my flow. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, man. I just, I was seeing that red mic, mic, and I. I was seeing that. I was like, Ugh. I was ready to talk about all forty-seven. Yeah, Thank go ahead. Hector. Go ahead. <laughs> Here's a list. Thank you, Hector, for making sure we have the right number, number. one. <laughs> <laughs> but I think what we're gonna see is just, it's nothing but um, blowing smoke because some of these have to go through Congress, and until he does that, it's nothing's gonna happen. So I have, I have a random question. I have a random question. Um, you know, when Trump got in office and he started doing executive orders, right? He would sign it, and he's got big signature with that sharpie, and he would hold it up, and it would, and it became memes overnight, right? Right. Yeah. And it was it was fun or whatever. And you see Biden, and he's just, I mean, he's got a stack, you know, he's got a stack on his desk, and I mean, he's kind of like, oh, where's my pen? Oh, you know, what am I signing? And and he's just signing it and moving, it. and it's like doom and gloom. Well, weren't you the one that what, said, that, like, weren't that? you the one that said uh, last week that you know he didn't even know what he was signing? Well, yeah, there was audio of him saying, right. like, "Okay, what? I don't even know what I'm signing here." And then he signs it anyway. But was is was that Trump being the marketer that he is, or was that just Trump's personality? Like, look what I did, and so the internet takes off with memes. Are we not excited about like? It's a show, man. Biden... It's a show. You know, I think optics are incredibly powerful. You know, and so you know where oftentimes you know the the, the, the Biden memes, the grandiosity of the of the moment was the signing, right? Well, I think Trump kind of took it up a notch by then holding up the thing he just signed and said, look, look at what I've done. Look at what I've accomplished, you know, as, as a way of kind of punctuating the, the that moment. And so now we're at a point that we have a White House that doesn't know what they're doing. They talked about they were going to have a grand plan about coronavirus. They ain't doing nothing. Uh, Cuomo's killing people in, uh, in nursing homes. And then you have Chicago falling apart when it comes what to the school it make? system. And it, the, nothing is working. Nothing is going through. We're in week two of his administration, Jesus. and things are already starting to fall wow. apart. So I think you're going to keep on seeing a lot of uh, punching, trying to punch up, and nothing's happening. So I cannot wait to see how this starts to unravel, especially for midterms coming up. We're already getting a lot of, of, of ammo to use in midterms where you have California saying you can reopen your restaurants, but you have to take out the TVs so that people aren't sitting around and watching Republicans TV are taking the over the House. 
Yeah. Well, Republicans are taking over the House in 2022. I mean, that's the bottom line. Yeah. You've got no the, 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 the margins only five uh, five seats now, or or it's five when they finally finish counting up there in New York. Can you believe that we are three months after Election Day, and there's a congressional seat in New York that I guess they um, somebody found some ballots – uh, and, huh. and, and believe it or not, I guess it was in favor of the Republicans. So, um, I think it's like, a, it's like 150 votes or something crazy, some crazy margin. Um, but they're, they're still, they still have not certified that race. But I think, so d- Republicans are only down by five seats in the house and Republicans or Republican leaning states, I think are, are picking up something like 20 plus congressional seats anyway for the census. So, well, and that's what I we mean, need to be careful as a party, you know, in terms of, you know, really being downtrodden or beating ourselves up over what happened, you know, in this general election. Yes, you know, we lost some ground in the Senate, but again, we made historical gains in the House uh, to the extent that it's putting us within striking distance of taking back the House, which hasn't happened in a long time. And and then also the effect that, you know, we took, again, had large gains in state legislatures all across the country. Um, and, and again, I think the more that Biden continues to force his hand on a lot of these issues, you know, we're seeing him go back against pro-life, uh, issues. We're seeing him again, talking about $15 minimum wage, uh, where, you know, now with the vaccine for terrorists, you know, in Guantanamo, which they've obviously walked that back. I mean, again, like it, it, it's, if he continues down this path, it's going to be uh, a lot easier for Republicans in the midterms than we expect. And, and with these, with the executive orders too, you guys would probably, I don't, I haven't read through all uh, 47 of them, it looks like, but, uh, so you guys might be better informed than I am, but, you know, like, how constitutional are these, and, and who, is there anyone, like, policing, you know, what he can just write into law and what he can't? Well, the, pres- well, the president is the, being the chief executive, oversees the executive branch, and the executive branch now is huge. Yeah. Right. It's it's huge now. So a lot of that activity that's like happening at the border, um, because it didn't go through Congress, because it didn't go through legislation. Um, yeah, he, he can stop it. Um, a lot of the things, unfortunately, because Congress has has been so um, just log jammed, inept, whatever you want to call it. Unfortunately, a lot of things that are getting done are not written into law. And if you don't write it into law. Uh, and it involves the executive branch in any way, then a president can come in and basically say, yeah, we're not doing that. And the executive branch uh, agencies, um, they, they, that's their boss, ultimately. Yeah, I, I think what's going to happen is that the, if I would like the next Republican president to start removing a lot of the uh, power in the executive branch. I think it has too much. And also, a lot of this needs to run through Congress. This next time we have a Republican uh, uh, majority in the House, we need to run the table and run the agenda as quickly as possible and get as much through as quickly so that we don't have this problem when we have another Democrat in the office. So, yeah, I think also this, this evening there were four, no, I'm sorry, ten Republican senators at the White House to discuss the stimulus package that is already being put into place from the Democrats. Uh, Democrats are asking 1.9 trillion, whereas the Republicans uh, started at 600 million. 
So we're going to see how that's going to play out uh, later on tonight and tomorrow and how much money they're going to start spending and printing. I remember Johnny back in the uh, when the primaries were going on and he had all the Democrats on stage. Um, Johnny had asked, I don't think I was on that podcast. He, he had said, you know, if you had to choose which Democrat would, would be your choice. And I don't know if I said this or maybe I was just thinking it, but I remember um, thinking to myself that, that, you know, Biden, okay, is and was the most conservative of all the Democrats that ran, okay? Um, and so if you're a Republican and you had to have one of the Democrats, you, you would probably want the person that's going to be the most moderate of the Democrats, the most conservative. Well, that's why they right? circled the wagons around him. Right, because they felt that he could win the Midwest and things like that. Right. Well, to me, I mean, at least what we're seeing, I don't know if it's just right-wing media sources that you know we're catching ourselves looking at or what, but like, he doesn't seem very moderate to me. So if Biden, the most conservative Democrat that was on the stage during the Democratic primaries, if he's going far left and doesn't even care about how many jobs – he kills. Doesn't even care if gas goes back to four dollars a gallon. If he's being a uh, far left ideologue, then man, what would have happened if we would have had any of the others? Well, Joe, this I was... think it's the I think it's the people behind him Correct. too. Correct. Oh yeah. Yeah. So I think he because yeah he has always been uh, pretty centrist. And I, there was a an interview soon Remember after he a, was elected. Memory's just a poor boy from Scranton. No, yeah, well, look, <laughs> well, there, was, there was an interview recently after he was elected saying, uh, hey, you know, you have the power to completely wipe out all of the student loan debt. And he was like, I don't think I would I would do that right away. Like, that's a bit much. Um, but I think, yeah, it's, it's the people behind him. Well, the but party then he's already him. talking about wiping out $10,000 of student loan debt. Uh, yeah, you know, ten thousand. I'd be interested to see. And back I'd to be interested Joe. to see. Well, back, back. Sorry, really quickly, Joe. But back to one of the things that you and I've said repeatedly on and off of this podcast is is that Democrats have learned that they can't pass their agenda in one fell swoop. They need to do right. it in increments. And so when yeah. Joe Biden talks about eliminating student loan debt, he's not going to do it all at once. But it's going to be ten thousand this year, and then maybe ten thousand the next year, and it's going to be. I guess what I don't. They reach that what I don't understand is, it, and and we would need a maybe a contractual lawyer or something to, to talk us through this is so you enter into a contractual obligation with the federal government which really means you're entering into an obligation with all the taxpayers and you borrow money a president can just come in and be like oh yeah don't worry about that bro we got you whoa well hold on a second what about all that what about all the mortgages that are owned by franny fanny may freddie mac right what about all the FHA yeah. and I guess FDA but, does mortgages? And yeah. I, well, what, Are you telling me that the president can just come in and be like, oh, executive order, yeah, don't worry about those mortgages, all here, forgiven. Me, are you let, me get back to your, let me get back to your original question um, because this is where I think you're wrong. Um, Biden, if you go and you go back, I mean, well into the, let's say from the beginning of his political career, he has always gone with the tide. He has always carried water for yep, whatever yep. the the party stood for in that moment, he's never yep, been yep. a centrist. He's always gone with whatever the agenda was, and so again, you can go back and say, "Well, he was a segregationist because he was." You know, he advocated for segregation because you their go party and, was segregationist. Exactly, right? you can go back and say that he was part of the crime bill because, but in reality, because the, the Democratic party was party, part of the crime yeah. bill. 
you know, yeah. and just like he, I'm sure there's video out there of him talking in favor of a border wall, of strict border security, of strict oh, immigration yeah. policy. Yeah, uh, that video's out there as well. And so he's always gone with the tide. This isn't yeah. someone who has been steadfast in his principles. His principles are whatever the Democrat Party has stood for at okay, that time. Okay, so you're place. saying he's just a representative of the way in which the Democratic Party has turned far left. He's not... Exactly. He's not necessarily moderate. Yeah. He's not necessarily moderate or left himself. He's just a reflection. Well, that would make sense. He's right? going to carry out the agenda of the Democratic politician. Party. Yeah, you got to stay in for forty-eight years somehow. Right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. But we're going to see the U.S. is not going to like how that's going to flow. The the people are already getting uh, buyer's remorse. He went from seventy-six percent approval down to sixty-one in a week. Like man, this he is wipes out, he wipes out student loans, go man. Down. That's going to be... Again, if you look through the executive orders, people don't read the, the fine print. So he said <laughs> we had to yeah. stop doing um, a fracking on, a private, um, on public land. But that right. doesn't mean if you already have the contract, you can still do it. They said about getting rid of private jails. But if you have it with the immigration policy... Then you can still have them. Like it's it's the stuff is so stupid. You're saying it's for show. It is for show. It's again. It's like seeing a news article and just reading the title. Oh, okay, I so agree you're with saying, that. So you're saying he's just appeasing the, his far left base. That's I feel that we will see a civil war in the Democrat Party before we see one in the Republican because they huh. are going to get really upset when things are not going the way they're going to go. He hmm. said. He would get you, give him the Senate, and they would get $2,000 checks. Now it's all $1,400 checks. And now it's, oh, maybe $600. It's going to get worse and worse, and people are going to get upset. And I love it. You know what's right. ironic about this whole stimulus debate is that the, deba the only debate that Americans really care about is – Okay, what are you doing for COVID as far as, you know, is there anything involved in vaccines, anything involved in healthcare, liability, whatever, and stimulus money? But actually, that's like, I mean, that's only like a few hundred billion. Like when you talk about 1.5 trillion, 2 trillion, you talk about these massive numbers, the bulk of that bill actually doesn't even go to Americans right. in any way, right. shape, or form. Right. It, it, it's all for something else. And that and, and that's really what they're fighting over. I mean that's really what that's really what it is. As time progresses, it's gonna get worse and people are gonna get more upset. Again, the D the the document I don't know how to say it, but to see, let people see what's really going on is going to allow people to make better choices. It's the reason why the stock market is doing what it's doing is because you have retail investors actually doing the research and getting involved in the stock market. Now, we'll GameStop see just needs a good lobbyist. They way. get a bailout. <laughs> That's, right. That's right. GameStop just needs a better lobbyist. They get themselves some of that uh, COVID relief package money. Yeah. <laughs> and again, you see where the media <clears throat> is carrying the water for the Democratic Party and for the president. And I don't know how much longer they're going to be like that. Can uh, Republicans ever run? Hold on, because I had already taken you guys off screen. Hang on one second. I was about to go into the next topic. Uh, yeah, we need to move go on. ahead, go ahead, Joe. And can, can Republicans ever again run on fiscal responsibility? It's a good point. 
That's a good what, point. What are yeah. they running on? What are they running on for 2020? It's not 2020. Well, and you've got, you know. 2022. For example, you have those. For 2022. I what mean, are they you, running on? You have those Republicans that are now starting to make it an issue. And really, the only guys that have any ground to stand on are your new congressmen who are coming in. You know that don't have or Rand Pauls. that don't that don't have that ink on their fingers. You know because they let Trump spend whatever he wanted for four years. Man, where's Ron Paul when you need him, huh? Well, but again, you where, imagine where, where were no. the fiscal conservative Republicans <laughs> during the Trump administration? You know what I mean? You, you could well, it didn't matter if you were or you weren't because it didn't matter. He was spending money, and and well, money yeah, was just you, flying out the door. Well, and you were going to be seen as an antagonist to Trump. But again, you know, yeah. it's like. And, and uh, you know, my friends who are diehard Trump fans are going to hate me for saying it, but that's the truth. The truth is, is that he got away with rampant spending for four years and not a single Republican said anything about it. It wasn't rampant true, spending yeah. for the full four years. It was the, the last 18 months has definitely been uh, the spending that has caused. But remember, we were shut down as a nation for, what, two months? And then gradually opening up. That causes a lot of people with unemployment. Uh, we needed to provide that. We needed to provide well, funding to hospitals, and we need to provide funding for the vaccine, which we were able to get because of Trump's um, operation. Warp yeah, speed. but it was well past the eighteen months. Yeah, and it was. It but was, but but remember, remember when Trump? Um, you remember when the Democrats were going to do the whole shutdown, the government shutdown, right? And well, excuse me, let me back up. He gave. He gave. Um, who was it? Um, oh gosh, who was that? Paul Ryan. He gave, he signed a, a, a huge bill. He was a little uncomfortable with it, but he was like, "All right, I'm going to sign this, and then we're not doing this again." Right? Remember that? And then, and then it was like, "Oh, COVID," or no, no, no. Then it was the government shutdown, and they had him over a barrel because they, they the Republicans really did not want to go down that path of government shutdown again and Trump gave in again on the spending because we never win huge... we never win when it comes to government shutdown it's we, I don't know why always most people blamed. don't Republicans I don't know why blamed. we don't it, does, it is what it is we always get because, only because the, the media only because the media drags out these terrible stories it doesn't matter. which are mostly bogus. it doesn't matter if the Republicans cannot win the argument then what's the point of shooting ourselves? The only problem we have with election. government shutdowns, the pro only problem we have with government shutdowns is we don't let it go on long enough for people to realize, hey, wait a minute. You know, little Johnny's still going to school. There's nothing, nothing's going on at school. The fact that the Department of Education's not showing up to work in D.C. hasn't really changed what's going on in Hillsborough County School District. Like, we don't let it shut down long enough for people to realize that we don't need half this stuff anyway. Well, what amuses, That's a good point. what amuses me is, you know, because, <laughs> you know, we may be, I may be getting us in trouble here, but Anibal and I both have a lot of teachers in our universe. And, you know, and they didn't like Betsy DeVos. And, and, and if they only realized... They didn't know anything about that one. Right. Oh, yes, they, they just did. hated her because they oh, were told yes, to hate no, her. They knew. They hated <laughs> they her because they were the told impact, to hate her. But the impact that, that she had on their day-to-day -day lives was, was minuscule. It was, it was nearly inconsequential. You know, but, but the media made her out to be some sort of villain. And so she became the villain of, of education. And so... 
All right, real quick, let's go ahead and uh, get back on track here. Uh, we are well past, uh, we're running way behind. But anyways, uh, we can certainly get back <laughs> Andrew on track. Andrew Cherry here. said, just give us the 1400 yeah. and let's Rhino. just be communist. Yeah. Rhino. Rhino. Just, just give let's us just, the 1400 UBI, and let's just be You know, let's just try communism. I mean, let's, you know, what's the worst going to happen? Well, it's never been done right, remember? Hey, give me that UBI it's, check. It's just never I will been invest done it right. every month yeah. right yeah, into my yeah. 401k. I will have that UBI check going into my retirement account every single month. Okay. Um, all right. Uh, let's go ahead and uh, switch. Up. You know, we've already touched on it a couple times, but really quickly, uh, I mean, the, 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 the train has literally come off the track in New York uh, where now uh, Cuomo, who uh, was certainly the darling of the COVID uh, crisis, uh, is now, uh, you know, is, is been revealed to have been lying all along about the death count. And to which extent, we don't even know. Um, and so, again, you know, we're talking about a prominent Democrat who I think could have easily have run for president, um, and, you know, in, in four years or in eight years. And uh, I think his chances are pretty much shot. What do you think, guys, is going to be the fallout from uh, this revelation? I'm not, I'm not exactly defending the guy, but, but does the governor of New York really have a handle on the data and the way the 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 and the way the data is being dealt with at the New York Department of Health. If I'm I mean, out there spouting, really... if I'm out there spouting numbers, those numbers better be damn right. Well, that's yeah, those yeah. those numbers better be right. What got but, him? But if if wrong he got wrong, wrong he come out everybody. and say, "Yeah, okay, right." Got... And since he hasn't done that, does that basically mean that what got him in trouble was the fact that he uh, put a position? That if you were sick, they didn't want you in the hospital. They wanted you to recover and go back to the nursing home, which then got everyone in the nursing homes infected with the disease, which when they had to go back to the hospital. When we had the one of the convention centers turned into a hospital, we had the big a ship in the, the port ships. of New York, and it wasn't mm-hmm. being used. And, and they so didn't it use was them. All misuse of government. Um, operations and material because the governor of new york is very controlling when it comes to where resources are going at the beginning of the crisis does anybody remember why it was that the the hospital ship that was sent there was sent there to care to um take care of covid patients and what they ended up doing was they didn't have the overflow and they literally ended up saying, okay, screw this. We're actually just going to treat, like, regular people. And then eventually they were like, yeah, we don't really need it after all. And they sent it back. Does anybody know why they never uh, sent COVID-positive patients to the ship and just made that a, a COVID ward? Because I mean, you're they, on a ship in the water. It's, I mean, being, that's yeah. probably a pretty good place to put infectious people. Yeah. Again, yeah. they were being overzealous. When it came to their hospital numbers, they were being overzealous when it comes to the need of ventilators. And this is what happens when you're blubbering on media and you want people <laughs> to think you're important. Well, the, I think what they were also yeah. trying to do is, is is make the Trump administration look bad yeah. and saying, hey, yeah. we need all this stuff and they're not giving it to us. And so when these numbers get out of control, it's going to be the Trump administration's fault because they're not giving right. us the resources we need. So right. I think Trump very mm-hmm. smartly said, oh, what do you need? 
You need ventilators? Boom, you got it. What yeah. do you need? You remember need when, Boom, remember in the beginning? Mm-hmm. Remember in the beginning when, when mm-hmm. Gavin Newsom and Cuomo both said on air, which yep. I couldn't believe it, they both said that the Trump administration had stepped up. Well, what else could they say, yeah. right? Because he catered yeah. to, even to Gavin Newsom in California, he catered to every request, you know, because he didn't want to, Trump didn't want to give them the, even the slimmest chance to then turn around and say, well, this was Trump's fault because he didn't give well, us the think, resources we need. And and, and I think, I, I mean, I think as much as, as, much as everything becomes partisan, I'd, I'd like to believe that, you know, Trump went out there to California and was like, "Bro, you know, I, I you got a big state. <laughs> You're gonna have a lot of problems. Um, yeah. I'm worried. I, I hate this for you. What 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 can we do? What do you need? Because the feds really can't control what's going on in California. The feds right. actually are quite helpless as to what's going on in the L.A. County, you know, hospital system or whatever. Yeah. So I, I think Trump went out there and just said, tell me what you need and right. we're going to do everything we can well, to make it, it happen. Goes, and it he did back it. To, it goes back to Katrina, right? Let's, let's use that as a parallel yeah. crisis. Right. You know what I mean? Blaming on the feds. Bush, yeah. Bush couldn't do anything without the state asking for it, right? And yeah. that's what a lot yeah. of people didn't understand. When they blamed yeah. Bush and they said, oh, you know, Bush lied, black people died, whatever it was, you know, it's it, Kanye. It, like, you know, they. The fact was, was that yeah. the governor and the mayor in New Orleans, um, yep. you know, both sat on their hands until it was too late. And so then, by the time they asked the president for what he needed, it was already too late. The, the, the damage they was flooded, done. Yeah. Oh, also, yeah. the mayor that changed of our New country. Orleans oh, is in jail because of yeah. what he did yeah. during wow. the crisis. Again, we're yeah. all Floridians, wow. and we know but if that there's changed a hurricane, our country, though. If we know if there's a hurricane, you have to be self-sufficient for like four to five days until yep. they can get to us. If yep. we're in mm-hmm. a critical location, don't so, end up on your don't end up on your roof waving a white exactly. flag. Right? You don't be that guy. Exactly. <laughs> but we know this already. Everybody Floridians. knows that in Florida. But the rest of the country doesn't understand. So now you have Californians that are so upset with their governor that they're recalling him, which is probably going to happen in the next month. And then you have You're New York. Close. Yeah, the Governor Cuomo wrote a book in the in the middle of a pandemic. He, yes. he sold a book. He, he sold, sold a book. About the pandemic. About, wow. Yeah. And he got a, what, you know, Emmy and, Award. Or yes. Oh my God. And yeah. and to to Anibal's point, uh, you know, right now Newsom, I think, is is about half a million signatures short of being recalled. Wow. Um, uh, but now ballpark. aren't they all, like, magically reopening now, too? Start Like, yes. starting to? Oh, yeah, of course. Michigan, yeah. California. Yeah, you can, I bet know. they're doing signature verification on those. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you can, I you bet can... they're verifying those signatures. I bet they turn that machine to, zero, to 100% sensitivity. Yeah. I'm going to say this right now. Reject the mark. In New York, you're allowed to eat outside. It's like... 15 degrees. In another building. Yeah, yeah. In, a, in a little temporary shack that they've built right outside the restaurant. Oh my which, God. again, makes no sense. I just, I, just feel yeah. like, I just feel like kids that are like, you know, teenagers, 18, 19, 20 years, I, I just feel like they're going to they're gonna look back at this and say, man, my parents were straight up stupid. <laughs> like, just everybody was just stuck on stupid. Like, yeah. I, I'm actually, I actually think a lot of good will come out of it, right? Just like the kids that watch their parents lose their homes 
during the housing crisis because their parents right. got overextended in these McMansions and they watched their parents give back the you know the eighty thousand dollar Escalade and you know they they watched they watched their their parents go through all this pain and suffering because of being financially overextended and now millennials are like yeah screw that what what do I need a big house for what do I need a car for who wants right. that like yeah. and so millennials aren't even trying to take they're not taking on all this massive debt like their parents did so maybe there's some good that's going to come out of COVID for, in some way. I mean, I don't know. the world has oh, changed sure. now with COVID. The fact that I think large portions of businesses are staying inside and uh, remoting into work. You're able to work wherever you want to live. It's not, yeah. And also, if you don't like what's happening in California, people are moving here. People are moving to Austin. Andrew Cherry just sold uh, Lake House to a Californian. Yeah. And people are moving to Austin, like Hector said. So it's yeah. the mobility of van life is really <laughs> allowing people to do what needs to get done. Yeah, yeah, the Look, van down by the river. <laughs> yeah, but you know, you want to talk. You know, you talk about Katrina changing our country. This this crisis, this COVID uh, crisis, is 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 dramatically changing the makeup of our country um, because the these cities. And states are not going to look the same in two or three years. I'd say by the next election, by the next presidential election, this country is going to look very, very different. So why? Yeah. So then, help me understand why, if you're if you're a Democratic politician, run as like a mayor or something in a city, why would you enact policies that are destroying your city, that are causing people to flee and not pay property taxes in the city, but to move outside because of the city they limits. Don't care. Yeah, I think it's, Why would you yeah. do that to yourself? They don't care. I think, they don't care. They just don't yeah. care. I think also even, yeah, I think also even locally, you know, with, uh, I mean, obviously we're pretty open, but we have our mayor, Jane Castor, you know, wanting to uh, restrict bars and things more. I think it, it could be a political thing of just like, no one wants to be that governor or that mayor that all of a sudden has an outbreak and it's like on right, their hands. Right. But at the same time, then you have in, yeah. But then you have a lot of stuff that's underreported, such as the World Health Organization saying that the lockdowns are not beneficial uh, when you consider all of the repercussions of the lockdowns compared to the actual virus. In fact, and, I think uh, that was, my my theory is is that the lockdown, especially in New York, was what contributed to their case numbers being so high because right, you've yeah. got people in these buildings that are over a hundred, hundred and fifty years old where their water systems are connected, their ventilation systems are connected, all right? All these units all right, in these old apartment buildings are all connected. Yeah. And so and if you had one family who had the yep. coronavirus, guess the what? Building. That whole the building whole was building. catching. Yeah. Yeah. And that's yeah. what happened. Yeah. That's, really, that's really sad. Yeah, it's really sad, yeah. So, so let's let's move um, on to the next topic because we got to wrap this up. It's yeah. almost 9 o'clock. Well, I, you know, <laughs> here it's a little bit more of a gossip, uh, uh, a bit of a section here for us to finish up uh, tonight's show. Thank you again for watching The Yard Sign. Again, uh, the audio version of the podcast is blowing up. I love it. Uh, make sure you check in over at the Tech Overlords at Google, Apple, Spotify, Amazon, and Audible. Uh, our, uh, like I said, we've, we've uh, about 150% growth almost. Um, month to month, from December to January, it's it's been amazing. Let me so. give a quick shout out to a guy named Jerome Davis who, who's checking in. Uh, okay, watching it's from from Colorado. Hey, oh, very cool, from Colorado. Hey, yeah, yeah. Thank you so He's much, a, and please tell your friends. And uh, we've got a, a big 
partnership um, in the works that is just going to put this show uh, on another atmosphere, and, uh, and, and I'm really excited about that. So hopefully we'll be able to share that news soon. Uh, but again, to close out the show, Florida politics, there's two very juicy stories that we want to bring to you, uh, you know, to close out tonight. And I'm almost torn as to which one we should go with first. Let's, think- let's, save, <laughs> let's save the higher profile one for the end. So yes. let's do, um, you know, uh, the alleged bar fight that took place in Tallahassee, uh, and none other than the, I think it was the Brass Tap in Tallahassee, uh, where uh, allegedly the fight was with one representative, but it was a whole nother state representative that seems to be wearing the the battle scars. Um, got a black guy, and someone got a, a nice uh, iPhone shot of uh, his black eye while he was sitting in the House chambers. Um, Representative Andrade was involved in this altercation. And then somehow, uh, because Andrade is from what, Miami? No. He's from the, Pens- no, he's he's from from the Panhandle. Oh, he's from the Panhandle. Um, yeah. And then, um, but then somehow it ties into a state representative from our region, the Central Florida region, uh, the Tampa Bay region even, from Lake County, uh, Anthony Sabatini, that was apparently involved in an altercation at a bar. Now, they were not fighting each other, um, as the rumor goes. Uh, supposedly, Representative Andrade was there in defense of Representative Sabatini, but then Sabatini is, of course, saying that uh, he has no idea what anyone is talking about. He's never been in a bar fight. He wouldn't even go to that kind of bar, uh, you know, um, and uh, not really sure to who to believe here. What do you think, Anibal? Evidently, he is a wino and only does wine bars. But I think <laughs> I'm loving the, the kiki when it comes to uh, Florida politics because we usually don't have this kind of like physical altercation. And uh, you normally don't expect it from our re- representatives. But to see Twitter... Um, with his with, seeing the representative with a black eye on Twitter was quite enjoyable this morning. I'm not gonna lie. It was. Hey, you got to stay true to the Florida man. Oh yeah. <laughs> do, do you guys? But do you guys think that? Um, because I mean, there's really been no statements put out, and I think in a day or two, nobody's gonna be talking about this. But do you think that maybe Peter Schorsch over at um, Florida Politics that maybe he just threw Sabatini in there, and I mean, like, like how? Like, how does this, if Sabatini's not even there, what's this got to do with him? They like, don't why like is him. That... They don't like him. Well, I think we're notoriously, I mean, he, uh, Sabatini and Peter Schorsch have a very adversarial relationship. Yeah, uh, yeah. You know, in fact, uh, Peter likes to call him uh, Representative Blackface. Uh, yeah. You know, because apparently yeah. he did mm. some blackface thing in high school. And look, a guy as young as Sabatini should know better that blackface is unacceptable, okay? I mean, if you're the governor of Virginia... Um, you should have known that as well, but obviously he's from yeah. a different generation, and so you can sort of, you know, almost, you know, give him a pass on that. Was um, it? Was it that? Isn't that story that um that Sabatini has like a a Hispanic friend or a black friend or something like that, and they were going as each other or something like that? They went to school on. I don't remember. I don't. Was something like where they switched no. character? They were doing. They were he's, in character he's, he's of each other. Enough. Or he's young enough. That he should have known better. I, I'm, we I'm all just saying, sat I mean, wasn't through that... civics during this month 
by the way, happy <laughs> African American <laughs> month. Happy Black History Month. Black oh, History yeah. Month. I didn't even get it right. I mean, it's. I mean, right. I mean, you shouldn't even. Yeah, we've you would think that you wouldn't have to talk about it. We've yeah, all you would think that you wouldn't even have to. We've all seen it. We've all watched Roots, so oh, we geez. should know better. Yeah, well, they could take it back to the good old days, like of Alexander Hamilton, challenge each other to a duel. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> well, well, but but this is so back to you know again the big question mark is how did Sabatini's name get dragged into this? Because honestly, I, it initially, I mean, when the rumor first broke, and I'm pretty sure if you go back on Twitter, you can find it. Um, the altercation, the uh, Sabatini was the only person mentioned in the altercation. And then it wasn't until I think the picture came out of Representative Andrade with a black eye that anyone said, okay, well, wait a second, what really happened here? Because nobody even knew that Andrade um, had been involved in any way. Well, if you keep, if, keep in mind that um, political writers, that's how they make money. Yes. So if you can, if you can create a big story out of something that, if if it you know if it wasn't involving politicians, it really wouldn't be a story, and I I guess you can do that. I mean, yeah, but there's not a lot of is, again like Sabatini is I think you know uh, I mean he's obviously just kind of trying to brush this off, but nobody's really saying it didn't happen. Like uh, Sabatini is saying he wasn't involved, right? Uh, he wasn't it, there, right? He said he wasn't there. He said he wasn't there. Um, but then again, so there, uh, there's your story. There's unless, nothing. So what else is there to talk unless about? somebody else got Andrade and Sabatini confused, which, you know, I don't I don't I know what Sabatini well, looks like, but I don't know what Andrade looks like. Well, and, a lot know. of people don't know who their state rep or state senator is. So oh, that yeah, exactly. be we know yeah. we know in this so in the show who all of our people are and we see them yeah. all the time. I will say this. I don't know what's happening in the comic section with legalization of drugs. But yeah. Hector and <laughs> Andrew that. Cherry, we're ready to calm that down. <laughs> well, you know, but, but you know, kind of quick to go. Oh, oh yeah, that happened out story. in what Washington State or Oregon or something. It was Oregon. Like all drugs, yeah. like all of them. I mean, it's going to be interesting to see, you know, a few years down the road what what comes of that. I mean, obviously, you're going to have less people in prison for for those charges because they're just not going to arrest them. I mean, I've heard mixed results in Colorado in regards to marijuana legalization. Portugal has done a great job with getting rid of and decriminalizing a lot of uh, drugs in their country. So it works well with some countries and others. But again, we are America. You give us an inch, we're going to take the whole field. And you're going to see the world going to hell in a handbasket. So yeah, let Portland, who's less than a, a million people... And let Colorado do it, but like if you allow like a New York or a Texas, it, it shit's gonna hit the fan. I just wonder how many people and and Miami and I, already I'm has. Not, I'm, not in, I'm not involved in. I'm not involved in the counseling industry and whatnot. But you know, you know, it seems like a lot of people that do get hooked on drugs and alcohol that they're they're masking some other issues, right? So the drugs aren't the issue. There's the underlying issue, right? And mm-hmm. and and prisons don't really do a good job of of treating, you know, uh, people's real issues in life. They just right. put you behind bars and it's punishment. But I, I just I do wonder though, like if if you are on a hard drug, right? And I know they can't keep drugs out of prison, so don't tell me. But if you're like on a hard drug and you can just walk out of a rehab, I just wonder if when people end up locked up in prison, if that actually aids people through that at least initial period of detox and whatnot. Or do do 
do treatment facilities serve the same purpose? I, I don't. Know. I think we're going way above. Yeah, our I don't know. How we, you know and I want to get to the next juicy story. I actually want to blame Nicole yeah. okay. for taking us off topic there, but you know, but yeah, look, I mean, I don't think we'll ever truly know what happened, but you know, if you've ever been in Tallahassee, you know that I mean, it is just a recipe for disaster. You've got two colleges. In a small town, you've got the state capital mixed in there. So, oh, you know, true. I mean, honestly, most representatives and state senators will tell you they don't go into the city, you know, for anything. You know, they go into the outskirts and all that to get away from being seen and being heard. And, you know, probably. You know, yeah. And and, uh, and so this doesn't surprise me in the least. I mean, again, when you're talking about a college crowd mixed with, you know, some very young state representatives, um, you know, stuff like this, I think, is just bound to happen. Yeah. We are uh, living up love... to our reputation as a, a, a state of Florida. Yeah. yeah. So let's wrap people it up on the second too. on the second juiciest story uh, of the week, which is uh, right here. And of course, you know, Tampa Bay is always involved somehow. Um, <laughs> it seems that our former governor, former Republican, uh, then turned former independent, independent. <laughs> now turned Democrat, and now congressman, um, and twice failed candidate for the Senate. I just want to pile it all on there. Uh, Charlie Chris may be running for governor against Ron DeSantis uh, come 2024. Do it. Yeah, 2022. If there was a if yeah. there was a fourth party, Charlie Chris would be in it. Yeah. And, yeah. Well, he would look, be the nominee. And look back to you know uh, our friend Peter Source that we were just talking about. Um, you know, really the only time I give these type of rumors any credence is if Peter's talking about it. You know, because Peter is very close to Charlie. Um, he is the godfather of his daughter, um, yep. and uh, again, I mean they're practically family, and so they're either testing the waters, which if you would have read that comment thread, uh, it was ugly. It was really ugly. Um, I mean, I hadn't seen people unified against something uh, since GameStop. Um, but <laughs> but uh, again, he's, he's you know, um, Democrats are begging and pleading for him to keep his seat, could, stay in his could seat. Could Charlie Crist be for the Democrats in Florida what Biden was for the Democrats no. nationally? No, I think I think you have to understand. <laughs> Two weeks ago, we were talking. The reason why we were talking about this was because the article was just released about how they didn't want uh, Charlie Chris to run for governor. And it was this guy from Orlando. And they yeah, all yeah, of yeah. these people. It was a good article. So now, it was a stupid article. And so now. You don't like it? <laughs> and so now you see. It was making the case why he shouldn't, though. It was making a legit political case as to why he shouldn't but run. But it wasn't. It was giving Democrats heartburn because they're realizing. The only people that are being named in that article have no statewide um, knowledge, or does anyone recognize the name? And that was giving a lot of Democrat friends that, that I know heartburn because they're like, "Oh crap, we 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 torpedoed we don't have Nikki. They don't feel like they have any uh, ag culture, and then now the only person we have that has somewhat of a state reputation and not have a nose candy problem." Is Charlie Chris? Well, this I, is. I the, think I think Nikki Free gets it. No, no. The party she's doesn't want her. Much, the got party doesn't baggage. want her. Yeah, she's got too much baggage. You're saying, and, you're saying the party doesn't. Since when has baggage really mattered to the Democratic Party? When you would rather have your cokehead boyfriend 
running your well, campaign, it runs it through the ground. Why would the Democrats care about that if she's polling well she's and not can raise money? Well, and, and she's not raising money. And she's far left, and she's involved in um, you know med- marijuana. I mean, like you're saying, she can't win a Democratic primary. Well, and the other thing is too is it's partially the same reason why they want Charlie Chris to stay where he's at, and it's because it's the only statewide seat that they hold, and obviously it's easier for her to keep that seat than for her to try to move up. And and again, you know, I've said yeah, time sure. and time again, the governor's race is where Democrat candidates go to die. You know, because uh, it's just it's not going to happen. Um, for some time, I mean, again, they had a lot of potential, and um, and gosh, I'm forgetting his so name. So I have an honest question. And the, and the guy who on- uh, and the guy who lost Gillum. Uh, in Gillum. Uh, Gillum. I was know. just gonna say, honest question. I'm not trying to make fun. What's Gillum doing in regards to all this? Has he said anything? Is he is he involved at all? Yeah. He's out I'm there not on, poking fun. He might be embarrassed. He's out there on Twitter. No, look, he's he's out there on Twitter doing his talking points and and cheerleading the party. But uh, I don't that he's actually doing anything. I don't think he's doing anything. I think he's still married. Uh, he's still living off of John Morgan's money. Is what he's probably doing. That's definitely what's happening. Uh, his wife left him, right? She no, finally filed for she, divorce. She did. Oh yeah. yeah. I'm almost positive that didn't happen. You know, but and again, you look at the track her. record. Again, let's say had Gillum been clean in 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 his personal activities um i mean he was a rising he was a rising star that fizzled out kendrick me rising star he actually ran you know for the senate and they and and democrats picked charlie christ as an independent to run against marco rubio um in that senate seat in 2010 and kendrick meeks like forget it i'm out of here and he quit the party altogether and i am pretty sure just gave up on politics altogether and i'm I'm not saying he's probably doing well whatever he's doing but he was a rising star in the party that could have easily come back and run for governor and and possibly won what about just throwing out a crazy name here i'm just throwing it out um what about jared maskowitz he likes to call himself uh, Jared Moskowitz, the guy that's over the um, Florida Department of Emergency Management or whatever it's called. Yeah, look, I, um, I mean, again, he's one of these guys that if you're paying close attention to politics, you know, you're obviously going to hear his name. But statewide, I don't think anybody has any clue who he is. Um, you know, they need a, a candidate that's going to be from a big city. And again, I wouldn't be surprised if it's not Charlie Crist, maybe it's going to be Val Demings or it's going to be some Democrat out of South Florida. Um, you know, they're, they're, they're saying they might put Donna Shalala to, uh, to run against Maria Salazar again for Congress. But, you know, they, they need a big Democrat name. Now, the one that I am hearing a lot is, uh, is, is a young woman who is, is tied to a lot of family money. Um, and I'm forgetting her name right now. Um, you know, but there is a young woman that, that uh, seems to be kind of uh, up and coming. Uh, and again, may have the financial resources to give it a go. Um, but again, like really statewide, again, they, you know, um, Gwen Graham was maybe their best shot um, to, to win yeah. the gubernatorial. Could uh, she come class. back? She Could doesn't she want come to back? come back. She doesn't want to come back. It's I just, I mean, you know, Joe, I mean, it's just so hard after, you know, you kind of gave it everything you had and you put all the resources you had into it and, you know. You don't think it, she could win the Democratic primary next time around? I don't think she's going to get did in. Did she finish second or third? Third. I don't think she's going to get in if Charlie Chris gets in. Again, no, oh, no. The, whole purpose, the whole purpose of the article that just came out 
is to rebuke the article from two weeks ago. So then it gives him the way to actually talk about it. And he wants to talk about it. He wants to be governor. And let him try to be governor. If he does, it gets him out of that congressional district. And Anna Polina can try to take it. I think he hates... I think deep down he hates D.C. I, I agree. Um, I think he, he loves does. being... Because he's a nobody. Because he's a nobody. That too. Absolutely. He's a nobody in D.C. That's what that article was mentioning, Anibal. It was saying, listen, you're one of 435, and you used to be the executive. And that's a big difference. That's, I mean, that's got to be huge. Even for Rick Scott, I mean, he probably can handle it, you know, being more of a corporate CEO type. He can probably handle being one of 100 in the Senate, you know, or one of 50 Republicans. He can probably find a... a yeah, but for Rick Scott, I mean, look, we all know that it's just a stepping stone for him running for president. Oh, and right, also yeah. remember, that's a normal stepping stone from governor to senator. Right. Yeah, that's they don't true. have many that's true. Uh, governors going down to uh, representative. It doesn't really. I just don't. Much. I just don't understand <laughs> the up and down, back and forth. I, I I just don't get that. And maybe maybe voters don't care, but I personally view that as as being so transparently a job hopper, just somebody who would like, I have nothing else to do. Let me go work for the government. I mean, I, I found myself in a race like that where someone came out of retirement who had been in positions that most people would say are bigger than state representative. And now they want to run for the smallest position. Like that makes no sense. Like, why would you do that? Unless it's just kind of like, eh, I'm trying to break. I'm just trying to get back in. I'm just trying to, Get a check. I mean, like, well, to your to your earlier point, too, you know, uh, you know, because um, Trumpers love their Trump, you know, I mean, the the audacity that people even have to put this rumor out there, the fact that Trump would run for Congress after being president. I mean, is that? Yeah, right. That's that's just. Not, yeah, that it, that's not, not that who, it hasn't happened, yeah. right? But that's not who he is. But that is not, not who hasn't he happened, is. But in modern day politics, it's not going to happen. Could you imagine Trump sitting in the U.S. Congress, okay, during <laughs> during the State of the Union of whoever, Republican yeah, or Democrat, not being in charge? He would be sitting back there, wrong. Yeah. <laughs> I did it better. I mean, he would be yeah. heckling. He would be heckling whoever was president. It would be, it would just, be a fun time, though. Yeah. Now, again, we're only two weeks into the Biden administration, and all the news wants to talk about is Trump. Yeah, I think the media's going to get bored. Talk about. Because, yeah, yeah, because they're losing money. Yeah. I, I want to see Trump dropped Trump's into business. I want to see Trump dropped into parliament. That's what I want to see. I want to. I yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, if we could just kind of have any kind of perfect scenario, I would just drop him in there for a day. And just kind of see how it goes because I mean there's nothing better than watching those debates in Parliament. I love it. Oh, the oh, in the British Parliament. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh Come yeah. On, yeah, yeah. Those are pretty funny. I can't yeah. Wait to be, they get uh, they get riled up. I feel like that's actually what you know the U.S. House of Representatives is kind of supposed to be. I mean, it's supposed to be a rowdy bunch. I mean, there's been fights. I mean, there's been like people have been shot. I think like on like yeah, but that's back the in thing. the eighteen hundreds. Nowadays, the these guys go out there and they make these speeches, and there's yeah. nobody in the chambers. I mean, you know, they're they're. Yeah. I, oh, I know, I know, right? It's, it's so yeah, it's it's yeah. It kind of seems like um, when you watch C-SPAN and you see a congressman giving a speech to an empty chamber, you kind of realize really quickly like this is not governing. Like, yeah, actually, I had a great, yeah. I had a great video uh, come up in my Facebook memories, you know, from uh, you know some years back. Uh, who was the uh, in in the British Parliament? The woman, um, she was um, she was the Prime Minister. 
Thatcher? Um, Thatcher? No. Um, more recently. Or maybe she wasn't prime minister. The Just within the last, like, five years. Oh, the old white woman. Well, yes, thank you, Anibal. <laughs> Anyways, uh, so, but any... What but happened? Again, I'd what lo- happened? No, it was just a great exchange, you know, and she was going back with Jeremy Corbyn, and, and the, 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 the punchline was, you know, yeah, well, you know, you know how to run protests, and I know how to run the country. You know, which I thought was a brilliant, brilliant mm. line. Um, and, and those yeah. are the kind well, of they, things they that go I was, at it. I mean, they go oh, at yeah. it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And, 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 and the thing and is, they get egged is on. They're, they're, they're actually very cordial about it, right? They're, you, you can look at them. They're laughing. They're having a right. great time. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, just, it's just part of it. It's just part of it. And, um, I, yeah, May. the House of Commons is, is fun to watch. Now, with Theresa May. Back yeah. to the. the the oh Theresa May oh, okay. back to the uh, the the governor race you know I don't I don't know too much about these individuals specifically that's why I've been just kind of listening here but uh, do you think that um, in the next governor race that that Florida could go blue? Uh, it's possible. They don't. They don't. Yeah. With, well, I, if they had, the I don't right think candidate. they will. But the margins are tight. The margins are yeah. super tight. If they had the right candidate, yes. The problem is, as I don't see who that could possibly be. If the best they have, right. um, if the best weapon in their arsenal is Charlie Crist, they will. This state is a long ways from turning blue. And yeah, and this is coming so from them question. having so they, a black mayor from Tallahassee, which no one was willing to so do I, a I, deep I dive a, in his background. What was the? What was the? Um, what was the margin in the Gillum DeSantis race? Like 35, 45,000 votes or something yeah, like that? It was like 50,000, I thought. So, 50,000. So, Trump Trump beats Biden by over 300,000. Now, I know that's a presidential election, but still look at the look at the difference in the margins. Actually, uh, Joe, you just gave me an idea that if 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 DeSantis decides to jump ship, or if he turns out, I think I could see Trump going for governor of Florida. That would be oh, amazing. I could that see. Would be crazy. I could see that. I could see that being. <laughs> uh, I mean, again, it's completely I, I, I hypothetical. Guess, I, mean, I, and I guess, but, but well, well, I think well, if you're yeah. Trump, what do you do? What do you do as governor of you Florida? You run the state. I mean, you know. Yeah. But when it, and then what? No, Golf. Nothing. But that's the well, thing. I, I, I mean, what, he already lives do? here. It's like, what else is he going to do? I mean, yeah, he's going to start a. He, well, hopefully, he's going to start a media. Honestly, company, you could have said the same thing about. Provider. You could have said the same thing about him running for party. president. You know, what is there to really? He already said he's not, You know, it's like. What's uh, that, Johnny? No, that you you could have said the same thing four years ago. You know, and said, well, why run for president? I mean, you know what? You know what is there for him to accomplish there? You know, yeah. and and you know, and look at where we are. I mean, it's. Uh, I just think if he's going to give an, another go at running for anything, that is much more likely than Senate yeah. or Congress or anything like that. No, you're right. No, you're right. That would be the spot. Like, yeah, that would be that would be it. He de- definitely wouldn't run as a U.S. congressman. Well, and he wouldn't Probably have to deal with all the DC. Probably wouldn't be willing to be a senator. Yeah, he wouldn't yeah, have to deal was... with all the DC Democrats and you know and the whole media circus in DC. Dalton. And in Florida, and in Florida, he would have the ability to run the show. I mean, really, he would control. Policy. He'd win in the landslide. He'd win in the landslide. Dalton, oh, what do you oh. have to say? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, so I was just saying, Andrew Cherry said the pandemic has changed the demographics of Florida. I don't know if that if he means that people uh, from Democrat states moving here, but um, also, so that's one factor. But also, I was just thinking along the lines of, and it, 
maybe just be the echo chambers that I'm in. But uh, I think a lot of people through this pandemic really appreciate DeSantis's leadership, yes. more of a libertarian approach. Um, and, you know, I mean, look, we're doing so, great. You think so, Dalton? I hope you're right, man. I, I think, so. think so. I mean, I Well, so. long term, again, because remember, the media went after him and they tried to make him the enemy in all of this. You know, yep. propping up Cuomo. Propping well, they're still up calling him Death Santos. You, you look at you any know, article... You know, they're but, calling him Death Santos. Well, but again, all the those are the ones who are obviously attacking him. Those are your opinion pieces, and you know, and and your editorials and that sort of thing. But your your general media coverage is starting to turn the tide because they're seeing that DeSantis's approach, long term, has proven to be to to be a better approach than yep. what they did yep. in California and New York. Well, he just what he wasn't knee jerk, right? DeSantis, right. you know. I, rem- I, I remember. I remember one of the things that I I learned from a, a former uh, commander in the military was he said, you know, as if as long as you can, continue to gather information before making a decision. Now, obviously, if you have to make a decision, you make a decision. That's decisiveness. But it, as long as you don't have to, allow some inf- allow information to flow in. And I think DeSantis, you know, took a took a step back and tried to gather data and really figure out what the science was showing us before making a lot of these decisions like lockdowns. And I give him a lot of credit, man. He was politically gutsy by not doing mask mandates and not doing massive shutdowns for long periods of time. And like Johnny said, I think it's going to pay off in the end. I think Laura ends it with the uh, Savage. The Savage. That's a new hashtag. That's good. I we like that. to yeah. run. That's a great way to kick off his campaign. Because this campaign is going to have a lot of money, and there's going to be a lot of people on that staff. So you have done a great hashtag to Savage. Yeah, I might, uh, I might, I might steal that. I'm just saying that right well, now. Oh, we're definitely taking that. The Savage. So. Yeah, right. the Savage is good. Yeah. yeah. Well, hey, guys, thank you so much for being on the show. Uh, again, thanks to Dalton Gratis for uh, bringing us up to speed on GameStop and for joining us again. Um, <laughs> you're always welcome to come back, Dalton. Great job today. Joe Wicker, as always, thank you, my friend. And Anibal, David Cabrera, thank you. Again, don't forget to download the audio version of our podcast at our tech overlords at Google, Apple, Spotify, uh, and, uh, Audible and Amazon. <laughs> and, um, and if you are adamant about avoiding all of those platforms, just message us. I can give you a different way to download the podcast uh, without supporting any of those tech overlords because I know there's some of you out there uh, that certainly feel that way, and you should. Uh, but again, that's going to wrap up tonight's show. Uh, again, feel free to leave us a message, comment, share, like, uh, and subscribe to all of our platforms. It's been another edition of the Yard Sign. So long, everybody. Say bye bye. See ya. Where did this go? Did not fire off as it should have. Are we frozen yet? Are we still. still Everybody's live? still mic'd up, We're so be careful live. what you say. <laughs> bye, everybody. <laughs> See you guys. There we go. All right. Goodbye.